This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello friends and family, recording here from home. Uh, what an amazing opportunity to share life with each other and to be encouraged uh, here on this Sunday morning sermon. Uh, I know a lot of you are probably eating breakfast or doing other things, uh, but it's just so great to be able to share and to pray for each other and to connect with each other. Uh, it makes it so possible for us to see the kingdom of God still come. And I want to encourage you to connect with people that you know may be lonely this time and to especially pray, you know. Uh, we just can't veg for three weeks. This is an opportunity to strengthen ourselves in God. This is an opportunity to seek His face. This is also an opportunity to love one another because we can have lots of opportunity to choose to love each other. And, uh, you know, especially those who are bound to a home, uh, I imagine there's already a lot of projects that's been done over the weekend. Uh, a lot of maintenance jobs, maybe some more, um, and the kids going around. What an exciting time to build relationship, work through issues, forgive one another, love one another. You know, um, I always uh, do some fun facts, you know, to run from my garage to the road right in front. It will take me about 394 uh, sprints. To be able to do five kilometers. So let's work out those fun facts and share it with each other uh, because I need to be fit as well and keep on going. So I'm going to share this morning in this sermon on just very simply the power of the cross and the, the to surrender our wills to the cross. You know, a lot of us are in a space where you maybe are doing a lot of things and you want to fill your day. Uh, but I think more than ever, God is asking the church as we are outside of our comfort zone, outside of, you know, just normal, busy schedules. This is the time not to, to try and do things in your own strength, but really to see God's face and to surrender. You know, listen to this, what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke chapter 22, verse 39 to 43. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. We see this moment in pure agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. And a couple of years ago, I was there with some Angus walking around. There's some of these big olive trees that has been there originally. Yuck. And as we walked in there, it just was a very emotional moment uh, for us. These massive trees. And we could just imagine Jesus sitting under those trees, just weeping and crying out. You know, And here were these couple of disciples with him. And he says, hey, he doesn't say pray for me. Pray for me for strength. He says, pray that you don't enter into temptation. Because when we wait, when we are in these moments of agony, because they were not, they didn't know the cross was on its way. He did tell them once or twice, uh, but they misunderstood him. But so in this moment, he says, you need to focus, stay out of temptation, because a lot of temptation will come in your mind, especially, you know, a lot of fear will come. A lot of evil wants to come sometimes in this time. And so yet Jesus walks up and he's be beginning to pray to the Father and he says, Father, sure, if it was my will, 
uh, I would have asked for this cup to pass, but not my will, your will. You know, uh, when we go through issues or struggles in our lives, the first reaction we have is we want to enforce our will. <laughs> we want to make good decisions. We want to be responsible. We want to, we say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make a way for these three weeks or maybe even more. Um, I'm going to make it, you know, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to focus on all this stuff. And then it's a decision on your will and in your will. And, and willpower is such a strong thing, but willpower can also be destructive because when we come to God, the primary way we come to him is by being vulnerable and by surrendering our will. You know, because if there's maybe a sin that you're struggling with, maybe there's pornography or something that you're hanging on to, you know, it's we all know we make those New Year's resolutions. We just say, yes, I'm going to make a choice and I'm going to overcome it. But two weeks later, it's not there anymore. Why? Because your will can just take you so far. And so even in our surrendering, of our sins, of our comfort zones in this time, let's learn to surrender our will to God. And it's difficult, you know, because hey, we always think in terms of when I surrender, when I spend time with God, I want to know the five steps. I want to know what should I do? How should I maintain this? How should I get through this? You know, um, and it's not that easy because it's a daily thing. It's maybe an hourly thing for some people, especially as the days go on. Lots of people will maybe start working or if you're a student, start studying, you know, even just having that discipline every day. So I want to encourage you have a routine every day. Don't just, you know, sleep till 11 o'clock and then it's maybe I'm going to do this today and that later. No, no. Get into a routine still every day. Be disciplined, but have enough time where you rest and spend time with God. And so surrendering our will is very important. You know, and that's why it's difficult for a lot of people all across the world in this time because, hey, we are so busy. We go to work. We do a lot of things. We keep ourselves busy and we don't spend time with God in such a way where we say, okay, Lord, come and shine your light on me. Come and work in me so that you can work through me. And so this opportunity, this time of lockdown can either crush you or it can build you up. This time can either make you or it can break you. And you know, there was a group of people, Paul writes to the church in Galatians and, um, and he talks to them about certain things of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's beautifully here on this little board next to me. I want to read to us in Galatians 5.22. Because he was fighting a lot with the church in Galatians. And he says, look here guys, uh, you want people to go back to the old covenant. You want them to do all the physical stuff and get into all this stuff and do all these weird stuff on the outside, you know, and circumcise yourself and you're telling the Gentiles they must do that. But who's bewitched you? Who's told you that you should go back into just these rules and regulations? Because A, God wants to be your friend. Yes, he's God, but he also wants a personal, uh, intimate relationship with you. So let's read how he talks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What a time in our homes and in our lives to crucify the flesh. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I'm going to speak in tonight's sermon specifically what it means to walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Because he says there's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of stuff that comes in 
if we walk in the flesh, because then there's always going to be competition. But the fruit of the spirit, and remember, fruit is grown; it's not given. You know, it's not like the gifts of the Holy Spirit where you just receive impartation. No long suffering. Maybe we must do it in a whale talk type of way. You know, long suffering. Just the word in itself. You must say that in a different way. You know, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Sure. These things are going to be tested in this time where we're not in control. And we almost feel like, sure, are we enslaved to this situation or what's happening? And so it goes on in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 to 14, a couple of verses later. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you are spiritual. Restore such a one in spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Don't think we're something, because then we're going to get deceived. Verse 4, But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. I want to encourage you, it's time to sow. <laughs> It's time to sow in the spirit, not in the flesh. Verse 8. For you who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but you who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. He says, don't grow weary, because there's going to be a battle between your flesh and the spirit in this time. And in our lives, all around us, there's going to be a battle. You know, he says, don't grow weary in doing good, for these are going to become a season, then there will be a season where we will reap what we have sown. So this is time to sow into the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, to get into the things of the Spirit. Sow into your own Spirit by reading the Word, because you're planting seed, sometimes for months and years to come, because there is tough times ahead. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us, good to, let us do good to all, especially for those who are the household of faith. Just talking about the church. Hey, let's think about the church. Let's pray for people in the church, the household of faith. See with what large letters, verse 11, I've written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may have a showing. Or boast in the flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. It's a powerful verse, this last one. It says, you know, there's a lot of people that want to boast in the flesh. There's a lot of people that say, hey, get circumcised again. These are the rules. These are the regulations. He says, but sure, I know I stand before God. And I boast only in the cross. Of Jesus Christ. And why could he say this? Because remember what we read about the Garden of Gethsemane. What we read is a surrendered will, a surrendered life to God, a surrendered power and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You know, Jesus taught us to pray that our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, not my will, not our will, but your will be done. And so he says, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He says, I've died to the things of this world. I've died to the things of the flesh. But you know, there's a constant battle between ah good and evil inside of us. The flesh and the spirit. 
And you know, especially when we get closer to each other, then uh, the fruit of the Spirit is going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged, I tell you. And so we in the world have got a sort of a bit of an identity crisis, <laughs> you know, because we find a lot of things in what we do on the outside, in the flesh. We determine our identity by that. And now suddenly in the world, there's no more sport. There's no more events. Lots of people are sitting at home. And now the challenge is, who am I? What a great opportunity, not just for us to walk in the spirit, but also to encourage others and to challenge others and say, okay, but who are you really? If we take away all these things, who are you really in the spirit? So the gospel and the cross needs to heal us. I said it there. You can check it on a slide because it's going to offend you. It's going to challenge you. Jesus said, I will be an offense to you. And he says, unless you come and fall on the rock, then the rock is going to fall on you if you don't choose to be broken. And so brokenness is, brokenness is so important because you and I, in bro our broken states, we realize that we fall short of God's glory. The modern day culture says, just discover it, just go wild, you know, determine your own identity. But there's a war going on. And that war is not just in our soul, and in our flesh versus the spirit, but also for the identity outside of us. The question is, who are you and who am I at this moment? What is God saying and what what is he showing us? And so what do you look to give? Where do you look to to give you confidence? You know, is it like, sure, I still have this bank balance or I still have this. Or I can fall back on that. Or do we fall on God and say, God, my confidence is only in you. So our true identity starts and lies in our vulnerability that's why paul writes in says i boast only in the cross the world has died to me and i've died to the world so my boasting starts in this place because the cross is is not this amazing place it's a place of surrender it's a place of brokenness it's a place of jesus dying and we sing all this pain and that's why the cross is so powerful not just because of the physical pain, but because of the act of surrender of somebody's will to the Father. Where Jesus said, not my will be done, but your will be done. Into your hands I commit my spirit. What amazing verses as Jesus said that, you know. There's a statement here on the slide that says, We control and manipulate our emotions, environment, future life relationships because we fear true intimacy and vulnerability. So, our true identity starts when we become vulnerable. Secondly, our true identity lies in intimacy with God. We need to see God's applause, His affirmation, and understand what Jesus has done on the cross. And therefore, we cannot approach God. We cannot be Christians, because that scripture also says in Galatians, if you think of yourself to be somebody, you are nothing. It's a place of surrender. And so... See God's approval. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, just a young guy that was seeking the approval of his dad. You know, and he grew up on a farm and the dad just said to me, you will go farming and I will make sure that you're going to farm. And my whole life, I'm working so hard so that you can have the farm. And I was thinking about that. Sure, this poor guy has got no choice. It's not real love. It's control. It's manipulation. Now, how many times do we do that even in our own relationships, you know? And and as I was speaking to the son, he just said he hasn't got the boldness to go to his father to tell him what really is in his heart. He wants to go into ministry and he wants to work with people and 
travel to places and preach the gospel. But he says he's so afraid of his dad because his dad put a false expectation on him and said, you will do this because that's what we do, you know. Um, and that happens so many times in our relationships. But the amazing thing is God doesn't do that because God showed us what a surrendered will looks like. And Jesus said in John 4, he says, Oh, to, to eat food and that, you know, that to do the will of my father, it's like eating food. When he spoke after he met with a woman at the while, he says, I've, I've got food that you don't know about. And that is to do the will of my father. And so I want to encourage you, surrender to that will, surrender to true intimacy with God in this time. Because I don't try to control your environment this moment so that you can just make it through these couple of weeks. Now I want to challenge you. Open up. Be bold. And especially when you feel vulnerable, when you feel afraid, when you feel like, sure, things are not working out the way that I thought it's going to work out. You know, because, hey, we can find to some spaces now. We, we just like, hey, we're in this, this place. I remember going to Rwanda and um, just after the big genocide, we were walking around and we came to spaces where we just saw dead corpses and and so many things. It We were so traumatized, you know, and I just wanted to go home. I just wanted to run away, you know, and just reminded, I was reminded the other day of how this man came running to me. We had were on this open market place and this man came running and he just shook me and he says, hey, you're a pastor from South Africa. Now, I didn't wear any like pastor badges or stuff on my head or anything like that, you know, um, and he said, I want you to go and tell the church in South Africa that Africa is waiting for them because there's a tsunami that's about to break over Africa, but the church in South Africa must wake up. And then this guy turned away, he ran. I, I, I don't know him. I've never met him, you know. I, I knew it wasn't the angel because angels don't sweat and this guy sweated, you know. But I'm, I'm so struck by that almost 20 years ago by this man running up to me and saying, this is God's word. This is God's plan for the church in Africa and for the church in South Africa. So it's not time for us to slumber. It's now time for us to walk by faith. <laughs> and let me read this scripture because the third thing in our true identity lies in pleasing God. So it's in vulnerability. It's in asking him, saying, Lord, it's in intimacy. And then to please him, to do his will. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 and 13 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm going to challenge you this morning, seek him diligently. But listen to this in verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed them. That they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Yo, let's not forget. Because what these guys did is they received the promises. They did not see it. They were assured of them. They embraced them and confessed that they were just strangers passing through. So there's, there's a whole sermon in that. And I'm not going to preach that whole sermon this morning. But he says, hey, just like when we were in Rwanda, the Lord says, pray and things will change. And we went around in the country, sure, and many things changed. Go and look at what happened in Rwanda, you know. Just look at the amazing stuff, you know. They have once a month where the whole nation goes out and cleans everything. Rwanda is the cleanest nation in Africa, you know. 
it is just beautiful in Kigali. I was there last year. And it's just so amazing to see that the promises God gave us, we couldn't see it. We just saw a lot of dead people and dead corpses lying around. Probably the same thing. But, um, you know, and we were so shocked. We were actually traumatized. But then God says, hey, the promises, will you see the far off? Will you embrace it? Will you start to confess it? So let's confess what God says by faith as we seek him in this time. Yeah, because faith pleases God. Let's seek it. And that's what it says about Abraham and David and all these mighty men of faith. Yeah, they saw the promises afar off. What has God said over your family? What has he said over our nation? Don't let go of the promises of God. And I want to encourage us, but challenge us today, not to look to the flesh, not to run, you know. Because remember what Paul says, I have got all these opportunities to boast. And I want to end off with this verse these two verses in Philippians 3, verse 7 to 8. But what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ. The power of the cross lies in a surrendered son to his father. The power of the cross lies, Lord, not my will, but your will. But Jesus could see. And because he saw, Hebrews 12 says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the suffering. He saw, you know, let's look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame and went to sit at the right hand of the Father. You know, the eagle can see. The eagle, they say, can see almost two kilometers, up to two kilometers away. The eagle is the only animal and species on earth that can look straight into the sun and not be thrown by what it sees. You know, don't lose your eyesight. Don't lose your sight of who God is in this time. Don't lose your sight of who and what God has said over you and over our nation and over the families. And speak it, say it, because hey, just like these men and women of faith as they saw God as they surrendered their will, as Abraham said, Lord, I will make this sacrifice, even if I don't understand with Isaac. So, Lord, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be in the flesh. And that's why God wants to especially sharpen our eyesight, our spiritual eyesight, the prophetic in this time. You know, there's a lot of stuff going around on WhatsApp of this guy saying this and that guy saying, but you need to dig into the word yourself, you know. Don't think about all the 5Gs and the 10Gs and all the other stuff. There's just so many rumors and lots of stuff going and this is now the end of the world. God knows. But this is time to focus on Him. Don't let your ears be open to every second rumor and everything. Get into the Word. You know, if you just switch on the Corona TV right now, there's going to be so much fear. Every number, every count, those are the responsible stuff to do. But you know, you and I, Need to focus on him. I'm going to pray for that. That God will give you eyesight. The ability to see him. To know him. To walk with him. But especially to surrender your will. Let's pray. Thank you for listening today. Father we just want to bless you for this time together. I pray for spiritual sight. Anoint our eyes to see. For your church to arise and shine. For her light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Lord I pray that there'll be no fear, no, Lord, walking in the flesh in this time. We repent, Lord, for our nation's behalf, Lord, and we seek your face. We want to see you afresh and you come and open our eyes, come and open our ears. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen.
I want to encourage you, if you have time this week, sign up for the discipleship school, the worship school. There's a WhatsApp going around uh, where you can watch a lot of things and it will be online. It's for free. So, hey, don't just veg at home. Okay. The Lord bless you and keep you. And make his face shine upon you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.